Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good morning, folks. Hope you're having a great day. The last day of January already. I'm not. I don't know about you, but this month just simply flew by for me. And uh, we're getting closer and closer to the parade season starting this weekend. Everyone's monitoring the weather. Fingers crossed. Hopefully things change and we get it wrong again. Hopefully for the benefit of our. Uh, parading crews got a great show lined up for you today but we're just going to jump right into it because we've got a lot of guests we've got a lot of material to cover a lot of territory as well ed michelle inspector general of the city of new orleans joins us to talk about the 2023 year in review ed welcome to the show good morning Newell. thanks for having me on Ed, a busy year for you a number of published reports i, I want to say some north of 18 is that correct? Yeah, so um, uh, we have mitigated fraud, waste, and abuse at just unprecedented levels. We, uh, for 2023, produced um, 17, produced and disseminated 17 reports. Um, In addition to those 17 reports, letters, or investigations, uh, we also identified or recovered uh, about $4.2 million in connection with wasteful and or fraudulent spending um, and, you know, and, and can keep in mind, last year our budget was about $3.2 million. Absolutely. Um, some of the highlights, let's go through them. So, so yeah, our, our accomplishments have, I mean, have been simply amazing. When, um, when uh, more than $1 million in uh, city funds was transferred to a, a nonprofit, uh, we issued subpoenas on uh, September 22nd. Um, of 2022 regarding uh, certain financial transactions at FTNO. And um, on uh, February 9th, uh, the bank um, responded by furnishing a check to the city of New Orleans in the amount of $1,063,000 advising that the the nonprofit was being disbanded. Um, We will issue a report on Forward Together in New Orleans in the near future, but that was a one million sixty-three thousand dollar recovery at one at one time. So that was that was pretty good money to get back for the citizens of New Orleans. And that's the not-for-profit that the that the mayor started, right? As kind of an arm of the city, or an attempt that's to right. be an arm of the city, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so, um, you know, the city, you know, in in this instance, you know, we we have, you know, very limited resources and we have to make sure that these resources are are being utilized in an efficient and and effective manner when um uh, the sewage and water board attempted to raise customer rates before collecting valid debts uh, we we looked into that matter um you know and and the sewage and water board admitted that they had about 152 million dollars in uncollected debts you know and and that figure was associated with about 50,000 accounts all of half of which were inactive and 
you know, it, it's been no secret over the last couple of years that the Sewage and Water Board has experienced multiple well-publicized issues regarding customer billing. And so um, we decided to take a look at that, and then we recommended that the Sewage and Water Board utilize the tools currently at its disposal uh, to increase the, the, the customer confidence, but um, their failure to collect millions of dollars in delinquent accounts along with a proposed rate hike was just not commensurate with efficiency. And so we recommended that they hold off on that rate increase and collect the valid debt old, which they said that they would do, and they rescinded their rating increase, uh, effectively saving their customers about 3 to 6%. And uh, there have been uh, improvements in that respect, right? They, they are. They are working um, towards the implementation of smart meters to ensure that there is a proper reflection of the amount of uh, water used. Um, in in uh, 2024, we are going to produce a report regarding uh, water loss um, and how that water loss affects the city. You know, it, when the city captures water and treats it for potable use, it that's at a cost to the city, and some of that water is going right back into the ground from loss due to um, insufficient pipes. So um, we are going to come up with a figure on how much money is actually being lost to the city, and I, I think the citizens are going to be very interested in that report. Absolutely. Uh, other reports? Yeah, when we, um, when, we, when we recommended that the city honor its commitment to earn fair market rent for all publicly owned properties, we suggested that they place the mayor's apartment back on the rolls simply because uh, the French market co corporation was not collecting fair market value uh, for this apartment. And, um, and keep in mind uh, that, you know, the city is committed to maintaining fair market value for all publicly owned property. And, you know, we believe that at the time the mayor's personal use of the apartment was a possible brand of compensation um, in violation of, you know, the city code. We recommended that they relinquish the apartment back into the rent rolls, which the city declined, but ultimately the city council passed an ordinance um, making it so. So that's another $46,000 uh, per year that the city is going to be collecting in perpetuity. Um, you know, perhaps one of the biggest indicators of success for us is when laws and ordinances are created uh, pursuant to our reports and, and recommendations, and, that, and that's exactly what, what happened here. Yeah, very controversial issue as well. As we all know, the mayor pushed back on believing that she had some kind of, I don't know, property right or some right to this apartment. Never did understand um, the argument there, but uh, obviously a successful conclusion. Yes, yes. And, you know, for us, I mean, if, if, if the city takes the stance that it wants to um, collect fair market value for all publicly owned properties, there were 50 apartments there. There's no reason why all 50 of those apartments should not be utilized for the intended purpose. You know, and when when we, um, we, we conducted a performance appraisal of the Orleans Parish Communications District, uh, you know, and the, um, the objective of that audit was to determine if OPCD credit card expenditures were business related and allowed by law. And uh, the result of that audit determined that um, purchases made by the OPCD uh, violated their own policy about 44% of the time in the amount of about $220,000 during that three-year scope. 
Um, we also found another uh, 204,000 where receipts were not uploaded into the credit card system and um, about $8,000 in goods and services that appeared to lack a public purpose. Um, and so in, in total, several hundreds of thousands of dollars in expenditures that um, were not in compliance with um, OPCD policy as well as uh, potential portions of the Louisiana Constitution. And this was one of those situations where we weren't actually able to recoup dollars, but we eliminated that practice, and it was predominantly, if my memory serves me correct, one or two employees over there that were the the uh, primary offenders as it relates to the violation of the internal rules. So, yeah, so when they were spending their money, it, it, that normally falls on the director of the, the facility itself. As you know, the, the person has the executive manager. And um, we have also initiated another uh, report on our monthly report, which is going to focus on the hexagon contract over at the OPCD. And then, as you know, we also conducted an investigation of the OPC director for his involvement in an automobile accident uh, with the city vehicle and his subsequent actions to circumvent the policy um, by altering the, the documents, which ultimately led to a new director being appointed to the OPCD, which is a critical part of our New Orleans um, critical infrastructure. So we, we are hoping them much success in the future because we all need the 911 center to operate efficiently. And they abandoned the hexagon contract as a result of um, kind of questions being asked and uh, policies being violated, right? That's, that's, that's correct. And our monthly report is going to focus on the um, contract itself. Um, were certain portions of this contract approved and uh, was the money uh, that was spent on it um, appropriate given the fact that the um, limitations of the software that were that they were trying to purchase would not meet the demands of uh, the 911 center or the city as well. So, you know, like I said, we, we cannot throw away money. We have to be good stewards with the limited resources we have. And, and you have to adhere to contemporary practices, right? I mean, you know, you've got all kinds of issues, bond ratings, all kinds of different things. I mean, this work is necessary work to make sure that people are following the rules and also what's not quantified here is how much money uh, you prevented by being spent foolishly, illegally, unethically, or otherwise um, by getting in there and eliminating the practice, correct? That's correct. I mean, and, you know, we're the gift that, that essentially will keep on giving because once we identify um, and mitigate that uh, fraud, waste, abuse, or wasteful spending, you know, it's it's our hope that that cost savings is going to continue on in the in the future, and it will set a good example. Yep. You know, for instance, when when we discovered that the New Orleans Police Department Executive Protection Team was severely lacking in the basic functions to ensure the safety, not only of this mayor but of future mayors, you know, we determined that that they were operating without policies in place to guide its its operations, and you know, this is no small amount of money, Newell. The, the city last year spent about $414,000 to operate the mayor's executive protection team. So we we believe that they need to have policies and procedures to ensure efficiency and, and effectiveness going forward. And we have made several suggestions to ensure that this executive protection team um, in the future will have those efficiencies 
um, and will ensure the protection of our um, mayor and, and future mayors because it's important. Yep. No, absolutely. And everyone always wondered why there was no uh, no, no protocols set up, no uh, policies that, that that were provided, and and not a lot of training either, right? Well, we we observed that there was um, actually very little training, and um, their chain of command was perhaps not as vibrant as it could be. Um, in addition, we we reviewed a, about a 67-day period in which the mayor utilized the apartment often on a daily basis in late hours of the night and early morning hours. And in one instance, the, the security team dropped the mayor off and the, the mayor was seen speaking with a man who had been sleeping on the front porch there. And the, the person approached the mayor with a bottle in their position. You know, fortunately, nothing happened. But, I mean, if we're going to spend $400,000 to protect our mayor, then we should have our mayor protected to ensure that they are safe. Um, and that is, in fact, the, the, the threshold question, getting the appropriate return on your investment. If, because of these failures, something ultimately happens to the mayor, the $414,000 that you have spent is all for naught, right? Yes, and so with with the policies and the suggestions, you know, we we believe that they will now have someone coordinating the day-to-day activities. We um, are hopeful that they will be conducting site surveys in coordination with executive protection protocols, you know, to ensure that her speaking engagements um, are um, safe. And when she per- performs these appearances, they are doing an, um, an appropriate threat assessment before and after, you know, like I said, to ensure that the safety of the mayor is, is I mean, it's, it's paramount to all city operations. Um, I wanted to touch base briefly on um, um, House Bill 546 that, that was signed into law. It's, um, it, it makes homestead exemption fraud a crime. This, this, this perhaps has been one of our most significant re- reports. Um, our homestead fraud initiative has identified to date, Newell, probably about 200 residences that were enjoying a homestead exemption despite the homeowners being deceased, in some cases, for several years. Um, this this new um, assessments will ensure additional revenue for the city in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, if, if not millions of, do- of dollars in the, you know, the, the near future. No, absolutely. And um, where is the breakdown? Did Have we ever figured out, um, you know, that we're not hitting the appropriate databases to stay current as it relates to the tax rolls and, and the claim for a homestead exemption? Well, so I, I think some of the breakdown, which I, I'm hopeful has been corrected, um, the was the potential lack of communication with, between the State Department of Treasury, the City Bureau of Treasury, as well as the assessor's office them, them, themselves. Um, to ensure that um, the Homestead Exemption Act is not violated, it requires vibrant communication between all three of those entities um, after the information is provided and verified to ensure that individuals who have deceit have been de- deceased no longer earn a homestead exemption. It's um, you know, and 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 like in in this case, 
you know, these people have been deceased for, you know, in, in some cases, 15 years, 10 to 15 years. So they just have to do a better job of ensuring that they coordinate their resources effectively to make sure that these are done in an efficient and effective manner. And I'm, I'm hopeful that that will happen going forward. Uh, Ed, uh, we we will have you on again. We want to get through the rest of it. Uh, we have a bunch of pressing issues that we had to cover today because there are votes that are being taken tomorrow. But we most appreciate you joining us again today to, to go through some of the uh, the highlights of the work that you and your team did in 2023. You have a very dedicated team. And I know a lot of people uh, that I talk to and I hear it all the time, they really appreciate the work that the Office of Inspector General is doing. Yep, we are we are here to mitigate fraud, and we will continue to do it in an unapologetic fashion. So, if any of your listeners have anything that they'd like to pass on to us, they can do it un- anonymously through our website at www.nolaoig.gov. Thank you, sir. Pre- really appreciate your time and your insight. Have a great weekend. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. When we come back, we'll visit with David Cresson, Director of Coastal Conservation of Louisiana. A vote tomorrow on Pogi Fishing, Manhattan Reduction Harvest Buffer Zone that's being considered one mile from the shoreline. We'll talk about that when we return. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, folks. David Cresson joins us, Director of the Coastal Conservation of Louisiana. This past October 5th, the Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries Commission uh, made uh, a decision advancing a notice of intent to establish a one-mile Manhattan uh, reduction harvest buffer zone off the Louisiana coast, uh, along with uh, special three-mile buffers around Grand Isle, uh, Rutherford Beach, and Holly Beach, and that comment period is ended in the vote tomorrow at 9.30 on February 1st. And, um, David, this seems to be a, a big change in the industry. The pogey industry has been slightly regulated for the most part for decades mm-hmm. now, and, and it's been an industry that has really flown under the radar uh, as well. Well, there's no doubt about it. 
it. And so thank you for having me, Newell. Uh, This one-mile buffer would be a pretty significant change. It would put us right in line with the other Gulf states. Mississippi has a one-mile buffer. Alabama has a one-mile buffer. Florida doesn't allow this kind of fishing at all in their state waters. And Texas has such restricted catch limits that they really don't fish in Texas at all. The East Coast, by the way, has three-mile buffers the entire way up and down the coast, with the exception of Virginia, which allows a little bit of fishing in Chesapeake Bay. But in Louisiana, we've had next to nothing. Uh, For the last couple of years, we've had a quarter-mile buffer, which the industry has violated, uh, unfortunately, during that time. And so going to this one-mile buffer would be a change. Uh, It is more than necessary that we do this. Uh, Waters in Louisiana, as many of your listeners know, that are inside of a mile from the coast are very shallow. Our, our beaches are shallow. The water, on average, is less than 12 feet deep, and these boats that they use uh, draft more water than that. So you shouldn't have boats of that size in water that shallow. These are enormous boats that are 175 or 180 feet long. They use enormous nets that are five football fields long, 1,500 feet. And so all we've asked this industry is that they – uh, take their billion-pound harvest and, and and harvest it a little further from our shores to where our fragile beaches and coastlines are not impacted by this industrialized style of harvest. What is their argument? Obviously, with every other state, the East Coast, every other state in the Gulf being more restrictive, uh, that has actually put more pressure on us, right? Because mm-hmm. human nature, industry, path of least resistance. Yeah, sure. I mean, in fact, there's a plant in Mississippi, uh, and Mississippi now has one-mile buffers, and the boats from that plant just come right into Breton Sound uh, and and make their harvest there and then take the harvest back to Mississippi with them, you know, the vast majority of the time. Um, and so, you know, what again, what all we're really trying to do is is move them off the shores. Their argument is is that by doing so, it will impact their harvest so much that the jobs will be lost. It will cost them millions and millions of dollars, and, uh, you know, it will have a severe economic impact. Um, but a, a recent economic impact study by the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries showed that while there would be some impact, um, about a 15% of their harvest would be impacted by this new buffer, um, that that is much less than what the industry normally testifies to. They say 30, 40, 50 percent, uh, and obviously that's not true. And that also, uh, you know, assumes that they wouldn't just go out to that slightly deeper water and catch that 15 percent uh, in the you know past one mile. And so, uh, again, that's all we're asking. We don't want anybody to lose their jobs. We don't want anybody to um, you know lose any money on this. But we need our coast to be protected. Um, Louisiana deserves better than what we've been getting. Forty-some-odd spills in the last few years, violations, um, you know, all these dead fish on our coastline. Uh, Louisiana deserves better, Newell, and, and that's what we're asking for in this vote tomorrow. Forty-four spills since 2020, almost 9 million fish, dead fish, uh, spilled. Uh, obviously, and there's a significant bycatch as well of other species within that. Interestingly, I didn't realize how important the the pogey was in the food chain in the Gulf of Mexico and in other zones uh, as well, but really incredibly important in in Louisiana. 
Well, uh, many people call it the most important fish in the sea because just about everything uh, that that is big enough eats it. And so fish that are big enough all eat pogies. Birds eat it. Marine mammals eat it. Uh, you know, other animals that live on the coast eat these fish. And so they're extremely important part of the food chain for countless Louisiana species. Uh, they also have some filter feeding uh, qualities to them, you know, to the way that they, uh, to the way that they breathe, that causes some some water cleaning, um, you know, while, while they're floating around out in the sea, and so they're extremely important to our estuary, to our ecosystem, and to all the fish and wildlife that lives there. And so, when you're taking a billion pounds of these things from such a small strip of water off Louisiana's coast, you can you can understand why there might be a concern about what other impacts taking that much of this important forage fish from such a small, you know, uh, strip of water, you know, would have and why we're concerned about that. And so, yes, you're right. Extremely important fish. And um, in the meantime, Newell, as you mentioned with the bycatch, uh, recreational anglers in Louisiana are just about to take on brand new lowered recreational limits on redfish. And these, these, Two companies kill tens of thousands of spawning redfish as bycatch every year. And so, uh, again, we're not trying to put them out of business. We're, we're not even really trying to limit their catch. We are just asking them to move the catch a little further out to where we're not having these unintended in, uh, uh, impacts. David, has there ever been an economic impact study as it relates to what it means to the state of Louisiana? Um, I mean, I understand that the industry would would suffer but a lot of this from for example from a sales tax perspective is a sale for resale so there are no sales taxes on 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 um, a lot of what's being sold at the dock to these processing plants and things of that nature the processing plant uh, they're not paying sales tax because they're processing this and, and forwarding it to someone else who makes a final product whether that's fertilizer dog food cat food whatever it may be um, and it's not until it actually reaches the shelves in the state of Louisiana uh, but the fact of the matter is is that that's a pretty de minimis number from a sales tax per perspective and these processing plants uh, are pretty automated that they, they don't have a lot of employees so I was just kind of well, curious yeah, they have a you know a few hundred employees each. There, some of them are seasonal employees that work on the boats, and some of them are more full time that you know work in the plants uh, throughout the year. And you know the the value of the billion pound harvest is about a hundred million dollars, uh, as compared to, for instance, our shrimp uh, our shrimp fleet who catches seventy to eighty million pound, million pounds of shrimp, and that. And that is valued at over 100 or 150 million dollars. Our crawfish uh, industry in Louisiana is a 150 million dollar industry. And so, when you compare the size of this harvest to the economic value, and while 100 million dollars is certainly nothing to sneeze at, it's it's um, you know per pound it's less valuable than you know than the other important commercial species in Louisiana. And then you compare that, Newell, to the fact that. Recreational fishing in Louisiana is a multi-billion-dollar economic impact um, through, you know, tackle sales and boat sales and all the gear and everything else and uh, that that goes into it. It's it's an incredibly important industry and drives so much tourism to Louisiana. And this industry, uh, 
and they don't like to admit it, but they are impacting uh, the quality of that experience for recreational anglers. Well, and, and the thing, too, how, ma- how many pogey companies are actually out there fishing? Two. There's only a handful. Uh, there's two. Right? Yeah, there's only I mean, there's two in the lead so, that uh, operate in the Gulf, yes. So, I mean, it, it, it is a very limited impact. When, when you look at the shrimping industry, I mean, their uh, commercial shrimping licenses are uh, at one time were in, in the tens of thousands. Um, you know, when you look at uh, sport uh, – uh, sport fishermen, same thing. When you look at crawfish farms, is probably uh, the greatest example of uh, the direct correlation uh, of what of the activity to a tax base in Louisiana. They're farming on property. They're paying real estate taxes. They're doing other things. They're, pay- they're paying a more direct sales tax because they go right from uh, producer to retail, right? And you don't right. have all of these... Uh, value-added processes going on, but there's no sales tax base there. Um, and you you have, what, two processing plants for pogies in Louisiana as well? That's right. You have one in Abbeville, Louisiana. It's owned by a company called Omega Protein, which is a Canadian-based uh, is owned by a Canadian company called Cook Seafood. And then the other one is in an empire, Louisiana, called Daybrook. That's owned by Oceana Group out of South Africa. Uh, and, again, these, they employ good, hardworking Louisiana folks. We're not trying to cost those people their jobs. But, uh, you know, the, the product they make, uh, a lot of it goes to aquaculture feed and, uh, you know, animal feed from around, around the country and around the world. And so not, not a great percentage of it ends up on our shelves here in Louisiana. And, by the way, this is not the, the, sa- the same industry that provides the bait to crawfishermen. Uh, Crawfishermen do use this, but there is one separate small company that provides the bait, and uh, we don't have any issue with the way that they fish. They fish further offshore. And so this is the reduction industry. It's, uh, you know, it's big industrialized boats, as I mentioned, big giant nets, uh, killing everything they come in contact with. And, uh, you know, again, I, I hate to keep harping on it. All we've really asked is that they move it offshore a little further to get in line with other states and to protect our coast. Uh, this vote tomorrow will determine whether that's going to move, uh, you know, move into uh, regulation or not. And, uh, frankly, I'm concerned with, with how the results might go. Yeah, you know, I look at it. The only reason I bring all of this up is it's always a balance of interest, right? Mm-hmm. And. When I do my calculation on the balance of interest, um, they don't win. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's too much that we lose on our side, meaning the Louisiana side of the balance sheet, and you know, uh, as opposed to that industry. I, I think well, it's fairly the- simple. Yeah, there's one way that they they beat us on that balance sheet, and is that they've got extremely deep pockets. And unfortunately, we still live in a state where um, those deep pockets often make the rules. And, you know, we complain about and I'm from Louisiana. I love Louisiana. I was born and raised right there in New Orleans. I love it more than anybody. But you know, you you find Louisiana at the bottom of these lists all the time. So we we talk about it all the time, and part of that is because well, we allow the people. Well, David, let's just to let, make the rules. Let's just call it out. Who who are they donating money to? They can't well, donate I, money to the commission members. So, they, are they donating to 
legislative offices, the governor of the state of Louisiana? Who are they donating money to that, that is actually peddling their influence to, to make a difference at the commission level? You know, I think if you went and looked up their campaign finance report, you would find that they've given to many, many folks. And we certainly don't begrudge them that. That's everybody's right to do it. But they've given to many. But what what the problem is, is when those campaign uh, donations turn into promises on the back end of protection for, you know, two foreign companies that are doing damage to Louisiana's coast. And so we certainly... Uh, you know, uh, if I'd listed all that they've given to, it would take too long, but they've given to some, and, and unfortunately, that has turned into promises of protection on the back end. Uh, uh, just another example yeah. of a bastardization here that we're not looking out for our best interest, right? I mean, every other state around us has done the appropriate thing, and it puts more pressure on us, and, and, and here we are still falling behind. Uh, the uh, protectionist legislation that everybody else is engaged in. It's just frustrating. No doubt about it. You know, the, the east coast of the United States has a smaller total harvest on the entire east coast than the, than the, the Louisiana state water. So you think about all the water across that east coast, and there's fewer of these fish caught there than there are in Louisiana state waters. How can that not have an impact on our sport fish like redfish and, and others that we care so much about, which, by the way, are, are all showing signs of trouble? Uh, yet we're going to, uh, you know, provide protections for this industry who, um, you know, who continues to, uh, you know, push the envelope on, on what is right and what is wrong. And, and uh, this vote tomorrow will, will guide us for the next several years and see where this is going to go. Well, we, uh, we shall see what tomorrow holds, and maybe we'll get you back on the show to talk about it. David Cresson, thank you so much for joining us, Director of the Coastal Conservation of Louisiana. I appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you for everything, Neil. All righty. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. So I don't know about you, but I am mystified and confused by uh, if Menhaden or Pogi are some of the most important fish in the food chain in the Gulf of Mexico. Why are we not studying it more? It would seem to me that we would want to protect this all-important resource. And I mean, that has that's not a criticism on the industry. Uh, that's something, that's a criticism as it relates to the state of Louisiana, as it relates to uh, the Louisiana 
um, Wildlife and Fisheries Commission. We are allegedly the seafood capital of the United States, right? We have things that are very unique. Why would we not be concerned about protecting this resource? And when we have industry leaders that are saying things like, sounds like Chicken Little to me, one of the fishing operation heads said, this is a fish that numbers more than $100 billion in the Gulf, and there's concern for 9 million fish that we killed and we, weren't, we didn't use and we dumped back and ended up on the beaches of the state of Louisiana. That's a bit hyperbolic, he says. Really? Hyperbolic? They claim to get it right 99.9% of the time. Well, anytime that you're wasting a limited resource, because it is limited, whether you believe it or not, whether you think that $100 billion is just a number that we can willy-nilly play with and not worry about what the downstream implications are. Anytime somebody in the industry says something like that, they don't deserve to be in our backyard fishing in our waters. Because that's, that's an idiotic statement. And the reality is, is they know very well why they're getting net snags and everything else, because they're in shallow, shallow water. The big boats are parked just uh, in uh, a little bit deeper water. They deploy little, littler, uh, smaller boats, and they deploy pursanes, and, and they're very indiscriminate in what they catch in these nets. There's some science behind this. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong. But one would think that we would be spending more money looking at this. And one would think we would be more cautious. And one would think that we would want to preserve this limited resource that we have and be careful. And I don't care how much money they're giving to state reps and governors and this one's and that one. It doesn't matter to me. And it shouldn't matter to them. And for the benefit of a Canadian and a South African country, company, what's up? Where are we going? The, we have examples of this over and over and over again. Hopefully the commission says enough tomorrow. Mr. Cresson didn't sound uh, about that happenstance. We'll be right back. Folks, when we come back after the top of the news break, we'll visit with Michael Heck, president and CEO of GNO Inc., and also Chris Kane, partner at Adams and Reese, and incoming GNO board chair. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 